Hi guys, it's uh, James with Popped Off uh, presenting Project Esports. I'm here interviewing Seth Pox Johnson, the recent victors of the uh, Canadian Challenger League for Rainbow Six. Pox, how you doing today, man? Doing great, dude. How dude. you doing? Uh, I'm doing. I'm doing just fine. Doing just dandy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, dude, I want to get right into things. Uh, you guys had a nice, wicked 2-0 victory over Team Oblivion in the finals. But I realized after seeing the interview that you got, you got a chance to do with Jackie that a lot of people might not know your guys' history, your guys' story and stuff like that. So that's something I really want to get into. I want to give the people a bit more content of Pox. Are you down for that? For sure, dude. Perfect. All right, man. So let's start us off. Let's, 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 let's get to the grassroots of how you started with Rainbow Six. Uh, actually I started on console. So I played PS4 for about a year, year and a half. Um, you know, me and my friends saw the trailer come out while we were in high school and we were like, dude, this looks sick. We can blow up stuff and there's a bunch of destruction. We all played like a lot of battlefield. So that was really, um, something that intrigued us, I guess. Mm -hmm. So we all got the game. We all kind of played in our rank stack on PS4 for a while. Uh, and eventually I was kind of like, you know, screw it. I, I want to go to PC. I want to go to this pro league that they have, the ESL pro league that uh, that was they had before. And uh, so I got a PC right there. I just bought my first PC, uh, pre-built, nice. Didn't want to build it myself because I knew I'd probably <laughs> mess it up. So I uh, bought a PC, switched over, and um, actually met a guy in a casual match that got me into competitive. He was like, "Hey, you looking to play competitive?" I was like, "Yeah, dude." And he uh, sent me a Discord, joined my first team, and just kind of made my way up from there. So, yeah. Nice, man. Yeah, you kind of really lucked out. Now, uh, something yeah. I'm curious about that I know is it's uh, it depends on when you got into it, but I know that rank solo queue and stuff like that with Rainbow Six can be a tad intimidating for people, even if, depending how good you are, right? You still got to deal with, you know, four other anonymous teammates. Did you go over to PC with your friends or was this like a solo endeavor? This was an absolute solo mission for sure. Um, my friends were, were very casual gamers compared to me. I guess I kind of... I kind of uh, played a lot more than they did, for sure. It was something I definitely uh, I had a stronger hobby for. So uh, it was just me to switch to PC, and I just said, you know what? Whatever happens, I'm going to try to make it work. And, and yeah, I just went in alone. Yeah. Nice. Okay, man. So like you said, you kind of went from team to team to team sort of thing in the in the amateur, you know, tier three, I guess, uh, eSports yeah. e realm for, for Rainbow. Uh, how did you kind of get into honor in the you know teammates like tack wolf all those guys how did you kind of how did that unit come to a whole um so it started out in the uh canada nationals actually so that was just the the tournament that canada had before they had the canadian uh leagues mm -hmm. so um envision i knew a bit through the previous canadian um tournaments that were happening uh, so I met him, and we had two others, London and Toasty. Shout out to them, I guess. Uh, that were we were just kind of all knew each other from, from the Canadian scene. We knew we were all pretty good. And then Envy knew Wolfsies from Xbox, actually. So that's how Envy, Wolfsies, and I met. So through Canada Nationals, and then um, there came to a point after the last Challenger League qualifiers for like the ESL Challenger League that. Um, I was kind of like, oh, well, this isn't going anywhere. You know, I'd failed Challenger League a few times. And I was like, I'm just going to make a team, a Canadian team, and do some, like, local land tournaments in Toronto okay. that I could play in and maybe win a bit of money. So, actually, um, I went to one tournament in Toronto where I met V Destroys, our current sub on our team. Um, and then me and him were like, hey, let's start a team. Let's keep doing these lands. Let's get good. Let's, like, win this thing. Win, win a bit of money why not mm -hmm. so me and him started a team and i got envision on board with um 
a couple other players that we had at the time. So at this point, it was just just uh, me and Envision, and then um, we ended up making a couple roster changes, and uh, we picked up Tack and Maple for our other two. Mm-hmm. So that's where we, we kind of scooped them up. We saw them play in the previous Canadian division. Uh, sorry, Canada Nationals. Uh, I knew Maple was a really good support player, and we needed support. So we picked those two up. We knew they were kind of like the dynamic duo of the, like the tier three scene, I guess, or, or one of them. Um, so we got them on board. You know, we thought they were really good players, really smart. Uh, they listened really well. So we picked them up. And then by the time Challenger League came around, uh, Destroys is still 17. So he couldn't compete in it. So I kind of hit up uh, Wolfsies, who is notorious for not answering any of my messages. <laughs> and he replied instantly that day. He was like, yeah, man, I want to get back with the boys. I want to grind again. So we actually picked him up. And then things have been going great since then. So I mean, yeah, the, the stack came to be, I guess you could say. Right on. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. you can definitely say things went well because, oh, you know, yeah. how the uh, how the... Yeah. How everything turned out. Um, now, I understand you guys' is, uh, your guys's coach is not actually, I guess, a traditional coach in in the word he's more of a emotional coach uh hellfire can you give some uh like elaboration on him yeah for sure i mean hellfire is our sole american player <laughs> so he is uh he's the american of our team actually um but hellfire really helps us with like like you mentioned already the emotional support side of things so rather than creating the strats and doing all the all the analytics he just guides us in in um you know, building team chemistry, keeping our head space in a good spot before games and really just um, working with us that way. So what he'll do is if we're having like troubles or he notices like he'll pretty much just listen in on our comms and scrims and things. And he'll notice like if there's like tension or if there's, you know, people aren't getting along, he tries to kind of rehabilitate that and make it a more positive space. So that way we continue uh, learning because you're not going to really learn much if you're if everybody's in a negative mood or a bad attitude or has an ego or etc. Mm-hmm. You know if, if you're not in the right um, space for learning you're not going to learn. So he he really guides that space into into a positive one. Um, you know he'll he'll say hey guys make sure you are all playing all online playing scriblio together or something just like a little activity that we all can all do together before we either go scrim or go play a game that way we're all kind of on the same team right on the same side. He doesn't want any any like heads clashing so he he was really good in that in that uh area of things right on and i did see him tweet before before you guys' final match that he basically described you as the like the calm before the storm you guys were in a like a wicked head space every nobody was nervous nobody like the jitters were there would you contribute that more to hellfire's contribution or to team synergy or a kind of a combination of everything yeah, no, definitely more of a combination of everything. Just like, just even Hellfire just being there, he he brings this presence to the team that's just like makes everybody feel okay. And I think that's just the the fact that we've all we all like listen to what he says and we know what he's like. So just him even just being there in the Discord and just saying a couple things, like just hearing his voice, it's very soothing. Actually, <laughs> he has a soothing voice, so that helps. But uh, no, he just him being there just brings like this positive energy, and we can all kind of relax, and we all know like it's a safe place, I guess. I don't know. It sounds kind of cliche and kind of weird, but um, yeah, he definitely, he sets a good mood. And then, you know, we know, we know we're a good team. We, mm-hmm. we know we've put in the work. We know we practice like um, we put in the work and then we just trust ourselves to be able to um, exercise that once we play the game. So yeah, the calm before the storm is definitely something that we just, 
we were ready, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, you, you mentioned this uh, previous kind of talking about Hellfire, where he's not the one who crashes your guys' uh, like strats and everything like that. That kind of falls on somebody else. Uh, who would that be in your guys' dynamic? Uh, that is that's mainly me. I yeah. mean, we had a we had a set of strats we kind of had as a team before uh, we all formed. We have we had a few strats, mm-hmm. um, but all the kind of complex counter strats, weird strats. I don't know, even just like some general ones. I I make more of. Um, it's kind of that thing where I can I can see the vision. I know what we need to accomplish. So I if I make something weird that I know how it's supposed to work it's a lot easier for me to translate that to my teammates. And mm-hmm. if we practice it, then because I'm the IGL as well, um, I can kind of know when when we need to adjust or change something on the fly to make sure that strategy actually works. So it helps me out a lot when I make the strategies because I know what I know what the end goal is for them. I know and it it's it's really nice to be able to just like work with myself, um, especially in game when a coach isn't gonna be able to tell us what we need to change. So I think me making strategies really sets it up so that I know what needs to happen. Right. Okay. Yeah. So like, because you're the one in the moment there, you're not working from somebody's own abstract idea. It's yours and you can kind of relate to the rest of the team. Is that kind of what you mean? Exactly. Yeah. And not only that, I mean, it's not, I don't want to take the whole, all the credit for it. I mean, Mm -hmm. my teammates do help build the strat and make it a better strat. Uh, it's kind of that general idea or that uh, the general premise of, of some of the strats that I make. That's like, it's kind of weird. We can tweak people in individual spots and make it even stronger. So it's good to go over it with everyone before we actually are, are, are playing it. Right. Yeah. Now, kind of weighing in on your guys' strats and stuff like that, uh, Kixon and Taro both described your guys' match against Oblivion as a brawl. Um, would you would you think that's a kind of an accurate way to describe some of uh, your guys' play style? Um. Personally, I think that we are uh, much less brawlful, I guess, or, <laughs> or, or um, uh, brawl-focused than Oblivion is. I mean, Oblivion was definitely a team that, you know, they throw a guy on the ACOG and he peeks everything, and it was terrifying. Um, <laughs> but uh, our, our general idea is kind of the similar to those of, like, the U.S. division teams or, like, the better teams, you know, SSGs, teams like that, um, who kind of... You you really utility based really um, have that philosophy of like okay we if if we take less risks we can we can therefore have a better chance of winning the rounds right right so we we try to we try to stay utility based I mean we are by no means flawless at it uh, so we have a lot of issues that come with that and then mm-hmm. kind of once that flies out the window that's when we kind of are like okay let's peek it let's let's execute <laughs> let's all run in together I mean the main thing is we try to we try to limit the risks. But in the, in the at the end of the day, it's it's a first person shooter. You you have to take risks at times. Um, but we definitely try to limit it more than I would say Oblivion was was doing, like with the dock running around everywhere. <laughs> yes, yeah, that was yeah. Uh, that was very yeah. evident. But I, I guess uh, building on the point of you guys yeah. uh, building less risks against Oblivion, um, I guess Baca was a notorious Montaigne player that you guys kind of swept the legs out from. Was this was that kind of your your guys' approach to taking less risks against a team like that? Or was this something you guys kind of knew when you were just going to unleash on them in the, like, you know, out of nowhere? Yeah, no, that's a good question. I mean, um, we already knew Baca was a notorious Monty clash main. Mm-hmm. So in our minds, you know, if if this guy's playing Montang all the time, he's practicing Montang all the time. And Montang pushes on attack are severely different than pushing without a Montang. Right. So if we just get rid of that Montang... You know, it's fine. We there's no other attackers that are really 
as as like uh, strong of an attacker as Montang can be when they're playing it right. So if they know how to play with Montang, maybe they don't know how to play without one. So we just kind of honestly we kind of winged it on that ban. It's just like we'll ban Monty and we'll we'll play we'll play guns on guns, you know, whatever. And even a lot of their pushes, it was pretty evident that they were trying to do their Montang pushes without a Montang, and that mm-hmm. just doesn't work properly. So. Um, yeah, I feel like that was the right band. That was the right way to approach it. And it ended up working out pretty well, I'd say. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Were you surprised when they didn't really try and adapt with, like, a Blitz pick or anything like that? Um, no, I mean, I guess not really. Um, okay. <laughs> shield players are shield players. So, like, I'm sure Baka could, could perform pretty well on Blitz, but Blitz is just so much easier to kill. You know, Montang has a right. lot more ability to just survive, just survival ability, I guess. So, not, not super shocked, but, um, yeah. Right. Okay. Cool. So, uh, kind of going back to your to the team dynamic and stuff like that. Um, again, Hellfire being your you know your emo- emotional uh, soothing voice as you described him um, in the moment and in the game. Of course, he's not available to be there. How do you guys kind of me- uh, mentally reset when you uh, are kind of pushed in back into a corner sort of thing? Uh, is this like something that falls on you as the IGL and captain, or is this a collective effort? Um. Yeah. Um definitely try to make it a collective effort to just for everyone to kind of uh drop their feelings when it comes to a game i mean in scrims i'm i'm pretty tough on my teammates it's like why are you doing that what what the hell man Mm. come on like like really like really but in the game it's just like somebody makes a mistake you just forget it it's you just forget everything everybody's got to keep the move up if if our energy goes low you're just not coming back from that so it's definitely a thing where everybody on our team's expected to keep the energy up and keep moving keep fighting you know if you mm. get, if you give up you're losing to yourself and we we don't want to be a team that's losing to ourselves we want to lose to a better team right that's yes it. so w- i guess with that with your 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 match against oblivion was there any low point or did you guys feel like you were falling into a low point at all or was or did that confidence kind of ride throughout the entire thing um on oregon our our defenses were pretty weak so going into the attacks we were kind of like you know it's their map pick the uh we're going to have to win a lot of attacks for us to actually win this map. We'll just try our best. We'll just take it round by round. Um, and the rounds actually turned out well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the only really low was on, was on coast. And I think tack was kind of feeling himself, uh, coming down a bit because he, uh, he wasn't killing a lot of people on coast. <laughs> so I think he started notice. And once, once you notice one person kind of like, um, being a little quieter or something, everybody kind of has to pick it up for them. So it's just a matter of, looking out for your teammates even if you know even if they're not having the game in their lives we're still winning we're still we're still playing well we're still making smart plays so that was the best part was that you know even though tax not killing anyone he's still making really smart plays he's still contributing to the team so um i think everybody just kind of keeping the energy up and kind of being like it's a it's fine dude we're, we're killing them we're still winning you know keeping it that way mm-hmm. um helped him kind of recover from that i think Right on. Okay, cool, man. So yeah, no, that's that's good to hear that you know everybody on the squad really aims to like you know bring everybody back up to that nice even medium, right? Um, another thing I want to kind of get into is the 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 not pro scene uh, of it's like really of esports um, with amateur and which with tier three, whatever you want to call it. Um, organizations and teams are very very volatile. They kind of implode. On, on you know on a regular basis right yeah, um sure. what do you think has kind of kept you guys as a core unit so well uh, you know is it like the organization is it the players um or is you know is do you think it's a combination of the two 
Um, I think it's definitely both the players we have and the support we get from our org. Um, first of all, about the players, like our team is every single person on our team is very good at um, learning from their mistakes and learning from uh, other people's mistakes, I guess you could say. Okay. So rather than us being like, okay, you suck, you're dropped, it's like, hey, you need to fix this. And then they go and fix that, and then we're better overall, right? So mm -hmm. it's just a bunch of little mistakes that we keep improving upon in order for everybody to keep getting better. Like we, we're just each person on our team is getting better every single time we play the game, which is, which is why we're not going to just drop people. Right. Like yeah. if we think we're getting better, we're, we're getting better. We keep getting better. That's it. That's all there's to it. Um, along with that though, like honor our org is, is really awesome. Like they, they really look out for us in a huge way. Like they'll um, do tons of social media every single time someone's streaming. They're like, Hey, go watch their stream. Like they just provide a lot of support to us. Mm -hmm. And they also look after all the like, all the garbage that that nobody really wants to deal with so like all the talk with like face it admins or like um getting things set up uh just 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 random stuff you wouldn't really know what ha is going on they just deal with that which is nice and the other part is um they even like send us stuff sometimes like they sent us all like a care package when we qualified for cl with like you know snacks and energy drinks and stuff just to be like hey you got good job guys like keep it up keep up the good work so they're they're really good at like helping with that as well that's awesome, man. That's great to yeah. hear. And I think I, 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 you know, I kind of agree with the sentiment that I think that all degree of support is kind of rare to find yeah. in the amateur scene, right? Um, I guess going back to kind of Hellfire and the the organization together, uh, do you think that other tier three orgs, uh, amateur orgs, would benefit from somebody like Hellfire, not just uh, uh, like not just looking for strategic coaches, but uh, like emotional counseling coaches as well? I guess you could call it. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, there uh, there are so many tier three players and teams mm -hmm. that are way too egocentric um and just just that is the main reason that so many tier three teams fall apart is just because everybody thinks they're the best and everybody thinks that this player is so much better than this player but in reality it's it's it doesn't matter who's the better player it's who's going to be the better player right mm -hmm. um so getting an emotional coach in like that just can can kind of ego check everyone and just be like shut up <laughs> honestly just like <laughs> just shut up and keep getting better and like help your teammates get better if you're if if you're if you're on a team and you're not taking criticism from your teammates that's where someone like hellfire can come in and be like hey man if you if you want to get better if you want to be the best you got to take criticism and you got to um kind of help your teammates out you kind of have to like juggle around the the circle of of helpful criticism i guess you could call it. i don't know i don't even know what i'm saying at this point but um no i think i think it would definitely be beneficial for teams to get get an emotional coach like hellfire in um in today's tier three scene i guess no it's good to hear man i'm glad yeah. i'm glad you guys having a bit of a unorthodox approach is you know is really benefiting you right um i do want to circle back to you know the finals interview uh you know uh, had you ever done an interview before in that? I understand you guys do honor cast, which is like a round table thing for the teammates, but have you ever done like an interview outside of talking to Jackie or was that the first one? Uh, that was my first one-on-one -on -one interview, I guess you could say. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I know you mentioned that you operate from your, your grandmother's basement, your grandmother's freshly renovated Absolutely. basement. <laughs> yeah. Gr Granny is the best. Uh, <laughs> 
freshly renovated probably about 12 years ago but um okay all right <laughs> yeah uh no yeah so uh my internet at my house is like complete garbage so i can't stream um and even playing like if somebody's watching netflix the ga- i'm gonna have ten thousand ping so um <laughs> my lovely grandmother uh let me move in with her for the meantime um it's it's temporary but uh she's she's great like she's spoiled all the time and uh <laughs> It's nice to have good Wi-Fi, so oh, yeah, of course, yeah. absolutely, yeah. yeah. So I guess uh, another thing that I think a lot of people in the back of people's heads and stuff like that, doing the esports, you know, more or less the esports dream, um, mm-hmm. is you know the 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 backing of the family dynamic. By the sounds of it, your grandmother and your parents are both totally on board with this. Yeah, no, I mean the support. You definitely want a good support group around you. Um, my parents are super, super awesome. You know, they just they say, you know, chase your dreams. As long as you put the work in and as long as you're you're determined you're focused like you can achieve anything so um same with my grandma she's just she's just always always supportive it's 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 really rare to find that i think nowadays especially um with all the there's a lot of pressure on kids too today so it's kind of like uh it's really nice and i, I really love my parents because they um just give me the freedom to kind of choose whatever i want to do and you know follow my gut and um and aim for success, I guess. Yeah. Oh wow, so there it's, we go. it's super nice. Yeah. No, that's uh, that's awesome, man. And it's uh, like like you said, I think there is a ton of pressure on you know younger people to kind yeah. of you know produce results really really fast. Um, do, do you feel that today's current esports scope has kind of made it easier for you to kind of sell what you're trying to achieve? Yeah, especially when I started getting into it too. That was just kind of when the Rainbow Six scene was picking up. You know, that was around the time of the first Invitational. I was like, man, these guys won fifty thousand dollars. I was mm-hmm. like that's crazy and like and they have this like what if i could do that you know and now today you have you have you know Fortnite world cup where where uh what was the prize pool now it was like 15 million or something yeah like something gross like just that a, yeah. just a disgusting amount of money right yeah uh and then you have the rainbow six invitation like just past one went from a fifty thousand dollar prize pool or a hundred thousand dollar prize pool to a three million dollar prize pool yeah like that's that's insane growth over like such a little amount of time um so just the the possibilities with it are just can grow so fast and it's 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 really that's it it's just it's just beginning to right Mm. like esports have not been a big thing for very long like and and it's it's kind of it's cool it's cool (laughs) to think about like how far it can actually go you know we just have we just got a lan league in las vegas you know it's like this is a thing where people are going to be going to watch like like actual sports you know that's so weird to think about but you know, give it 10 years and, and how many land leagues are they actually going to be, you know, or how big will the, will the, will these stadiums be? Uh, so it's kind of cool to think about how far it can go. But, um, the fact it was just starting when I got into it was definitely, definitely helpful to, to persuade my parents to be like, this is, this is an option. I guess. Yeah. And, uh, I guess talking about the, uh, the pro scene, um, you guys, if you basically solidify your next, your next first place seat in stage two, you have a chance to move up to the Canadian pro league, correct? Uh, yeah, the Canadian division. Uh, yes. It's not, I said pro league on the interview actually. And I was like, Oh, cringe. Cause you're not supposed to call it that anymore. But, uh, yeah. So if we, if we come first, uh, again in stage two, uh, we play the fourth place team in the Canadian division or Canada division. Yeah. One of and, the two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whichever one is Canadian Canada, same thing. Um, so we play the fourth place team and, uh, if we beat them, then we are relegated to the Canadian division and then we are officially in there top four teams in canada yeah there you go so pox to yeah. kind of close it out man uh is there anybody you're headhunting for in uh in that relegation match should you get there again 
Uh, right now, we're looking like we're going for livid. I mean, um, no offense to them, but they look like the weakest team as of as of this stage, and we are very confident that we can beat most of the teams in the Canadian division, mm-hmm. especially by the time uh, the relegations come around. So, you know, give us whoever ends up there, and I think we can take them. Man, strong words. That's what I want to hear, though. Uh, Pox, why don't you tell the people where they can find you, man? All right, you can follow me on Twitter at PoxOnLocks uh, and follow me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash PoxOnLocks. I stream in the evenings most of the time. Perfect, man. Uh, that's about yeah, it. <laughs> that's, that's it there. There we go. Uh, yeah, and that, guys, is uh, it for uh, for me over at Popped Off. Uh, you can find us on poppedoff.com or Twitter at popped underscore off. Hit us with a like, subscribe, all that good stuff in the comment. Pox, thanks a ton, dude. Have a great chat. Oh, thank you so much, man. It was fun.